welcome to the CND podcast. I'm Features Editor Thomas Cox. During a King's Fund event on Premier Care Networks, I grabbed one of the speakers, Dr. Nigel Watson, a leading GP at the Department of Health and Social Care, to find out more about community pharmacy's role within the networks. See, clearly community pharmacy is an important resource within any community of delivering that care to patients and you know not just the dispensing of medication but also the management of some long-term conditions and minor illnesses and I think if we're honest there is still a bit of a disconnect between community pharmacy and general practice and the new pharmacy teams that are going to develop in there. I think it is much easier for practices to link in with independent pharmacies where there is a pharmacist who's been there um, all the time versus some of the more commercial entities, you know, Boots, Lloyds and others where the pharmacists change quite regularly. And I think as we go forward, if we're going to maximise the benefit of community pharmacies and community pharmacies really become an integral part of the community for health and wellbeing, we need to develop that relationship and much, get much greater clarity about what the risks and the benefits are and where the opportunities are because they certainly are there and I know there's a mood change in community pharmacy and particularly among community pharmacists to work more collaboratively uh, within that. I mean if we're looking at you know a thousand plus um, primary care networks in the country and each starts off with one pharmacist one clinical pharmacist and then by year five the expectation is you might have five or six well where are all those pharmacists going to come from and we need to think a bit more imaginatively uh, you know allowing for the commercial sensitivities and what um, the pharmacies are trying to deliver you know a bit similar to general practice you know their businesses in their own right and there must be a better way forward than where we are at the moment as you were saying during during your talk, um, there seems to be this, this point of view that they can be seen as a panacea for all of the, the pro- problems uh, that the NHS, um, which is wonderful but also potentially very complicated uh, because it's not that's a very difficult thing to accomplish. Um, where exactly do you think community pharmacists could fit into this plan? Is it within the seven key specifications and is that what community pharmacists should be concentrating on in their role in, in PCNs? I mean, I think this is a, a an NHS issue that needs to be resolved because you know you can look at um, the potential but if you're going to change what pharmacies deliver then clearly resources need to go with it and with a lot of the PCN development it's about bringing existing resources together and then working in a different way you know, because pharmacies commissioned in a, in a different way from hospitals, community services, um, and there are individual contracts which may be held by multiples or independents, we've, we've got to almost find some areas of the country that have cracked it so we can look at a better way of working. Because, you know, I, I think that's the holy grail which there is not great clarity on at the moment. I, I completely agree. And do you know if there are any areas of the country that ha- have accomplished this yet? Um, the, the, the truthful answer is no. Um, you know, I know there's been lots of discussions in the past with Lloyds and Boots and some of the others who are looking imaginatively as national organisations, but very little of that has translated to local working in a different way. So, um, no, I don't think anyone's cracked it yet, but I think... Um, and, and there are, you know, there are boundaries and territories within here which 
could, you know, if you completely changed delivery of care at general practice, general practice workers' businesses as well, if you take resource away, general practice will implode. And the same with community pharmacies, you know, they're, they're funded in a particular way. If you substantially change that, that looks at the viability and I think there's a challenge to pharmacies as well as general practice you know why would you have five practices along the high street all offering the same service in small units how do you incentivize people to work together and be more collaborative and that is happening you know we're seeing practice mergers and we're seeing things scaling up what do you do when you've got five pharmacies in a town you know that's and they all are either owned or run by different organizations there's there's a a real challenge of which i don't have a simple answer to i mean there's a session later with the chief pharmaceutical officer for nhs england and uh, whether he'll shine any light on I'll, i'll wait to see yeah, I think that's that's part of the the crux of the issue is that it depends on each individual locality, e- each town, each PCN will have will have the, their own um, reg- regional issues, and how they approach them um, will will depend on uh, the, the PCN leaders. Yeah. Um, do you think that there will be any funding available specifically for community pharmacies? Because we we know that there's some available uh, for PCN pharmacists who. I understand will be located within GP surgeries Um, but do you think that that there isn't any at the moment but I think that again comes to the fundamental question how do we move forward so you know if if community pharmacies just get funded on a um, dispensing fee for every item they dispense and the pharmacist is there and you know a smaller part of their income is delivering minor illnesses or other stuff we aren't changing it going forward very much. If you look at um, having integrated records, having you know NHS net within pharmacies so they can email practices, that's a start. But actually, really, we need to join the professional groups up to work together. Um, I don't think we make, personally, I don't think we make the best use of the skills of the pharmacists. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it's there is the current setup which is a barrier to changing that and which, which skills of pharmacists would you most like to to see made the best, the best use of well you know if you look at the knowledge that pharmacists have um, of the medications but also the you know if you look at the clinical pharmacists based in practices who are looking at discharge summaries are prescribing are looking at repeat dispensing schemes getting people on them talking to patients about their medication uh, are at least as good and probably better than GPs in terms of compliance concordance um, you know, when you start managing some of the long-term conditions, take hypertension, uh, actually it doesn't need to be a GP doing that. A suitably trained pharmacist with extended training and, and scope of knowledge could manage a large percentage of those patients. So, you know, I, I think pharmacists, you know, if you look at the five groups who are coming into primary care networks, you know, social prescribers and pharmacists in year one, pharmacists were because they were expected to be um, a larger number of pharmacists in the country. I, I still think that there may not be as many pharmacists as people think. But also, if you're going to put them in to that role, we need experienced pharmacists and those that are prescribers. So I think there's huge potential and huge career development. But it's got to fit in with those other things as well. You know, the hospital pharmacists, um, CCG medicines management, and and now, you know, working in primary care. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot, a lot of pharmacists are con concerned that uh, as as the numbers of, of GP pharmacists uh, increase, a, a one. Uh, widespread criticism was that they were taking pharmacists out of the community. Um, how could PCN pharmacists and community pharmacists work together, do, do you think, um, to strengthen the bond between community and, and GP in, in a PCN? And I think some of that may be about having some joint appointments, that actually somebody does some work, you know, that there is always a conflict of interest. So if you come and work in my practice, but then you work at the pharmacy up the road, is, is that, you know, is that going to be poaching from other pharmacies? So we, we need to work that out. But, but actually, if we could collaborate together, Together, um, you know, I mean, general practice has moved from competition to actually let's work together because there's enough work there for all of us. We don't need to compete. Pharmacy's not reached that point. They're still competitors with each other, and we need if we're going to if we're going to deliver a service within a community, we've got to work collaboratively, not competitively. Yeah, flu wars are a, a very particularly Natalie well, example of that. Absolutely, and I think you know. Uh, Flu is flu vaccination. You know the, the the challenge with that, and I sort of slightly cheekily say to my LPC colleagues, "Well, why don't we have a, a level playing field? So allow me to dispense, and you can do um, flu jabs." Because you know flu jabs are an important source of income for practices. That subsidised stuff that we don't get paid for. Um, you know what we've done in my area is we've worked with the LPC to say actually let's work together, and our aim is to increase the overall coverage rather than you pinch some of our work and our money and that's generally what's happened that pharmacies have worked um, in tandem with general practice and we've actually managed to increase the whole thing up but it is a tension when you've got two commercial organizations mm. you know and you know there's a question about you know why are gps worried about money well actually i've got to pay my staff i'd like to earn some money at the end of the month you know we're not salaried as they are in hospitals or other things so mm. you know the, the flu wars are always a tension but i think there's there, there are ways forward if we if we can collaborate and work together yeah let's hope the primary care networks will help uh, gps and pharmacists to work, work together um, and so just one final question what is the the best way for community pharmacists to move forward with pcns what, what can they do today so what's the community pharmacists pharmacies offer to the pcns so there are lots of issues about <coughs> medicines availability uh, what services we offer as a pharmacy how can we work together actually community pharmacists within a PCN working together and some of those bigger organizations working out how Lloyd's is going to work collaboratively with Boots rather than in competition with Boots um, and then actually breaking down some of the barriers and developing those relationships but there needs to be national work as well so you know the pharmaceutical society with uh, the BMA need to work out actually how can we make this work better with NHS England as commissioners to do that. That was Dr Nigel Watson you can read our feature on the opportunity for community pharmacy and primary care networks on our website. Don't forget to subscribe to the CMD podcast on iTunes or your preferred Android app. I'm Thomas Cox. Thanks for listening.